0: Every guy say keepers are a bit crazy. It's not crazy, hit your head in the wall. It's not arrogant, but too confident. We believe in us. So it's like, because this position, you do a mistake, it's a goal. When you start to think that you're a bit nervous, then it's, yeah, it's gone. The official Manchester City podcast.
1: Paul Dickov, thank you for being this week's co-host on the official Manchester City podcast. Our first guest is Stefan Ortega Moreno, who's, um, well, we were talking off air earlier about goalkeepers in general and sort of how interesting they are. So how much are you looking forward to to
2: speaking to him? Yeah, really looking forward to to having a chat with Stefan. You know, met him a few times last year. last time I seen him was actually at the after party after the Champions League final. So we sat and had a good chat about that. So really interesting guy, intelligent guy. Um, So it'll be good to sit and chat over here
1: He's also a really really top goalkeeper And I think we have In the past maybe struggled to Fulfill that role of deputy goalkeeper Who is of of the requisite Quality but he's Really really strong goalkeeper
2: isn't he I mean he's the best backup we've had in in A very very long time isn't he Historically not just here but at every football club the number two is not quite at the level that the number one's at and that's why they are the, the backup goalkeeper but in Stefan's case you can't say that you know he's when he came in last season top quality performances top quality mentality as well you know to be, be interesting to chat to him about his mentality about not playing in some games and playing in the other games but look he's he's a goalkeeper that could probably go and play in a majority of Premier League teams as a number one so we're very, very lucky to have him here. That mentality thing is interesting because, I mean, for
1: any footballer, uh, coming in and out the side is is testing for mentality, but for goalkeepers in particular, because it is such a, a brutal, ruthless position, you know, and
2: you are exposed, it makes that coming in and out of the team even more of a difficult task, doesn't it? It does, but, you know, there's a special breed, goalkeepers, you know, everybody talks about the goalkeepers union and uh, they're very, very close-knit. Um, it doesn't matter if they're number one, the number two, the number three, and you know, Scott Carson's in there as well. But they really push each other on. They back each other. There's no there's no jealousy or wanting somebody not to do well. You know, they really push each other to the limit, and I think that's what we've got here. And you know, Edison's performances towards the end of last season and this season is probably. a High product of Stefan pushing the role within, being as good as he is.
1: Yeah, it's a really good point, actually, because a backup goalkeeper's job is not just to come in and play well. It's actually to push, to, to push yes. and, and make the, the, the first choice goalkeeper, if you like, even better, which, as you say, that's definitely happened since, uh, since Stefan came in. Okay, well, let's get on with it. Here it is, the official Manchester City podcast, sitting down to have a chat with Stefan Ortega Moreno. City goalkeeper. He hurled himself to the right and tipped it round the post. Zitek has got the court and got a strong arm to. It's an absolute fantastic save.
0: It really is. I think I started to to be interested in football when I was three, four years old because my my dad uh, was a keeper as well. He just played for like a Sunday league team, but um, yeah, every Sunday I traveled with him and was sitting uh, behind the goal and watched him. So was the first touch with a goalkeeper, uh, what I had. And then it was like, when I was young, we played with all of my friends, just when we came home from school, we just played football. It was like, everyone was in the goal, everyone was a field player. And this was like, until I was 10, 11 years old. This was the time where I was like, okay, um, I like it more in the goal because yeah, I knew yeah, you knew a bit the, the difference you you know which position you are at one point and was like uh, i don't want to uh, run so much yeah. uh, it was uh nice to <laughs> Wise choice you know yeah. to to get the ball on the chest on the head and it was a nice feeling so yeah when i was 11 it was clear that i want to be a goalkeeper
2: well, i was just going to ask that any other positions or always a goalkeeper
0: until 11 was everything like defender midfielder striker but uh yeah when i was 11 it was clear
2: just just goalkeeper because when when i was younger and coming through the goalkeeper was always the one that wasn't very good at playing out was that that the case
1: (laughs) (laughs) no no it was like yeah i like it i like it more in the goal when did your style of goalkeeping develop because obviously you outstanding we got some statistics outstanding with the ball at your feet and and we've seen that um when 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 you play games for City when did that start to develop for you Mm. was there a particular coach maybe who uh encouraged yeah
0: when I was 14 years old where I joined Arminia Bielefeld in the academy and we had two great goalkeeper coaches there one of them is um, now the head of goalkeeper at Red Bull so for every club at Red Bull um, and he was at this time really modern in his training. So it was not just catch the balls, crosses, shootings. It was also like passes, not only with the right foot, also with the left foot, um, with a good touch on the left foot and right foot, good long balls, short passes. So I started really early to to improve in everything. I
1: was lucky that I had uh, two great goalkeeper coaches at this time. He's still fairly new for us over here, isn't it? seeing goalkeepers who can do that, obviously City have got two of them, do you think that will become the norm over here to see goalkeepers who can who can play in that way?
2: I think it, it has become the norm over the last couple of seasons especially and I think obviously we all know that since Pep came here he's, he's changed how, not just how we play but you look. I watch games in the Championship and League 1 and League 2 and everybody's trying to play with goalkeepers coming out the back, they all want to try and do the same thing so I, I genuinely believe it, I don't know about you, I know you're saying that happened in Germany at a younger age, but since Pep's came here and started the style of play with yourself and Ederson, I think that's transferred all the way through English football.
1: I even see you playing five a side. Um,
2: that Pep's
1: influence really uh, going that deep. Do you ever get nervous though? When Because that style of goalkeeping, it's you play on the edge a little bit because that's, that's one of the benefits is you can draw teams in and then we can find space in behind. Do you ever get nervous playing that style? No, not really, because I think this is why uh,
0: every guy say keepers are a bit crazy. It's not crazy just, you know, hit your head in the wall. It's just like we're we're a bit too confident. It's not arrogant, but too confident. We believe in us. So it's like, because this position is like, you do a mistake, it's a goal. So to handle with this is like, yeah, you have to, to get a yeah good how how I can say like yeah good good confidence so because when you start to think that you're a bit nervous
1: then it's
2: that's when the mi- mistakes start happening don't they
1: I'm glad you've said about the mad thing because Paul and I were talking before and Paul said all the goalkeepers he ever played with
2: they were special special <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and all a little bit crazy yeah and I think I think you just said it there. I mean if you're a goalkeeper for me it's it's the best position, but the worst position at the same time, you know, as a as a forward in that place, I could miss four or five chances, I could score one goal, and we win 1-0 and you're the hero. You know, goalkeepers, they have, their mentality for me was always, even when I played, was something I was fascinated by. You know, you can make six, seven, eight world-class saves and you make a mistake, you lose 1-0, you're the you're the one that everybody's pointing the fingers at. But it's, it's great to say, a little bit crazy, but it's that confidence and a little bit of arrogance I think goalkeepers have to have. To, to, to play at the top yeah.
1: level. Paul was saying something else really interesting to me that when he was playing, he would talk to goalkeepers, about opposition goalkeepers to, to know where to put the ball, what they're good at, what they're not. Do you find that a city? Do any of the outfield players come to you and say, do you know anything about this keeper who's playing today or that kind of thing?
0: Mm, not really. I think it's it's just coming natural. It's like, like for example, uh, last week, uh, Champions League in the first half, I was sitting on the bench and we had a lot of shots on targets and Oh, every time when we were were in the box, we tried to shoot like amazing goals, you know, top corner, top corner, top corner. And the keeper was, he was not so bad on this day, but for me it was like, he focused more on high balls. And we have so many players with a lot of qualities. So I said to Roderick and Julian in halftime, just have a look. When you're in the box, you don't have to shoot like an amazing goal. Just try it. To shoot on the ground because first the pitch was wet. The Champions League balls with the bounce—they are so quick. And I promised them like when you hit a bit um on the side, it's a goal. So
1: yeah, but well, that was good advice because that's exactly what happened. Your record in the FA Cup last year as well—conceded one goal and we won the cup. I mean, you must be so proud of, a of that. Yeah, yeah, you must be really proud of. The contribution you made to to that trophy last year, because it was a, it's an important, it's a really historic trophy, and it you know the, the, I think we've won it eight times in our history. So it's, yeah. it's hugely important, and obviously you were you were key to that. It was a, it was an amazing run, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. But I think it was
0: easy for me because uh, I started with a Chelsea game, so I think this one was brilliant uh, because I had a lot of saves at this game, um, and then it's like you know when you have a good start. Just run, run, run and don't think so much about anything else. It's like, just go and see what happens.
2: How did you prepare yourself mentally for the games? Obviously, Ederson's playing in the Premier League and you're coming into the cup games and playing.
0: Um, I think you you don't have to split it. Like, you know, like today is FA Cup and I play in the FA Cup. Uh, Today's Champions League It's just, just a game um, and I had, when I was was young and started with the first team. I had a coach and he said always, you play how you train. So, and that's why I always try to do everything during the week. And when I feel I did everything in the week, I'm ready for the game. So nothing can happen. Mistakes can happen, of course, but you know, I'm I'm prepared. Just that preparation. And trust in myself.
1: Can I ask you about Xabi Mancissidor, our goalkeeping coach, Pep? firmly believes he's the best in the world. I mean, what's your experience of working closely with him? He recommended you, of course, to City as well. He identified you as the the goalkeeper we needed. What what have you made of uh, working with him? Yeah, I
0: think it's not only him. Um, It's good to have a lot of different cultures because he's a Spanish guy. Uh, We're rich. We have an English guy. Then with Eddie in the goalkeeper group from uh, Brazil and Scott as well, English guy, me a German. So we bring a lot of different ideas of goalkeeping uh, inside of the goalkeeper group. And so we can, you know, we can take the best of every everything. So it's so good, I think, because Shabi, Shabi had a good eye on the small details. It's I think for for normal people, it's difficult to see. I think you have to be a goalkeeper to understand what what he wants from you. You know, like, because when I told you a wide set or stay narrow. Yeah, you look like, to me like, uh, what? yeah. 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 So it's just like in the positions, um what you can change, how wide are your legs, um, how is the, the upper body, it's like in the small details. And yeah, it's it's really good to work with them. And also as a guy, as rich and shabby, they're so good. So it's easy in this goalkeeper group to first to improve and learn, but also can be yeah, like, like you are, you know. It's not like you have to change your uh, identity. It's a special group, isn't
2: it, the goalkeepers'
0: union? Yeah, I think it's, so. Yeah,
1: you all look out for each other
2: yeah.
0: almost.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. Because it's such a
1: specialized position. Is that why that it's almost separate to the to the outfield players in some ways?
0: Yeah, of course. Uh, it's just like one can play, but you know, I can't be angry to to Eddie because he's doing doing the, the week the same like me. He train and show the best version of him, and I think everyone. Has the same, yeah, the same idea of showing respect in this group. That's
1: why we we improve a lot. Yeah, I think it's uh, backup goalkeeper at City has been maybe not a problem in the past, but the, the quality, the drop-off in quality was a lot bigger. Whereas now we feel we've got an outstanding um, second goalkeeper. Again, me and Paul were talking about this before. This
0: team is incredible. It makes so much fun to. To be a part of this group, uh, not only on the pitch, especially like when we travel, when we're in the locker room, um, you know, some of these guys, it's it's just like a crazy group of so many cultures, and it's so funny. Um, and also to live here in England, especially here, in Manchester, it's not too bad to be fair. Yeah. So
2: yeah. I think on that, I think we were saying again before. I think last last couple of seasons and into this season, I don't think I've known. A group is tight and as close as as what the group is here. do you find that as well?
0: yeah, yeah, agree, because it's like of course, um when some some players are not playing so much, they're a bit angry, but yeah it's it's simple, but you win together and you lose together, and
1: this is true here. I speak to a lot of the coaches, and they say it's the best atmosphere. there's no factions and groups, no. everybody is together. I presume that's pretty rare in football to have a dressing room that's genuinely uh like a really good group atmosphere. Yeah, I had it only one one time in Bielefeld, my former
0: team, um in this year where we promoted in the Bundesliga. Um was similar to here like uh, a lot of different people, but you know, with the success and yeah, it's it's coming quick and then you have a good relationship. Um but yes, I would say this this year is a bit bigger because um
1: yeah the whole world can see what we do. Who'd who'd you say is your best friend in the in the city squad? Who've you hit, hit it off with the most? It was was Ilkai. Uh
0: so I was really sad when he called me and said Steph, uh I'm I'm leaving. Um But yeah, Scott. Scott. Because yeah, he he helped me a lot in the beginning, like uh when I had questions, he said like, Steph, look, um, this is going on like this, 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 you know, when you have questions, come to me, I help you. Um, But now it's also like with Calvin and John, I have a good relationship, but to everyone. It's like, I I can go with everyone for a coffee or for a dinner, so it's not like, you know, you sit on the table and don't find anything to speak, you know,
1: so. And you think to be treble winners, which which obviously City are, you need that. It's not just about having twenty-three, twenty-four great players. You also have to have that that you've just described, because that's that gives you the ed- uh, like an edge over other teams. Maybe, yeah, of course, um, because also like um,
0: for the starting eleven, when they don't feel the pressure from behind, I think it's normal to to get a bit lazy, you know. So everyone is there and trying to to show his best every day, and I think that's why. Um, everyone gets a lot of minutes of uh, game time. Um, of course, someone is playing more, someone a bit less. But at the end, it was like everyone played played a big role to reach this. What we reached.
2: It's as if they're constantly pushing each other all the time, whether you're in the team or not, to be better. And I think that that shows the success that that we've had over the last few years. Yeah, Peps. We again talking about this earlier Pep's ability to
1: keep everybody involved it's expert management that isn't it because you've got a group of players who are are all so good there's no weak players at all and to keep everybody feeling like they're contributing that is a difficult job for a manager but he does it so well doesn't he yeah of course it's also a smart decision to to say of course it's
0: can be dangerous to have a small squad but at least when everything works what I mean like everyone get playtime, uh, everyone is playing games, um, so everyone feel important. Yeah. And I think um, this this is a good decision from Pep to say every time I prefer a small squad because then the chance is higher to, to handle
1: everyone easy. Yeah, there is this perception that say, you've got this, you know, Massive squad, but actually we do the program and you you put the two squads on the back of the teams we're playing and ours is always the smallest, the smallest squad, yeah. but it's high in quality and low in number, isn't it? Talk to us a little bit about Edison. I'm fascinated by him because our Portuguese content producers tend to work with him, so I've not really dealt with him too much, but he just seems like the most laid-back uh, individual you could imagine. What's he actually like as a, as a person? Oh, he's a chilled guy. Um, yeah, I think he, he looks a bit
0: dangerous with all the tattoos and ass, but he's a nice guy. Um, yeah, he was also the, the first person when I signed here who sent me a message on Instagram like, uh, welcome mate, um, I hope we have a good time. So yeah, appreciate appreciated this. Um, no, he's a good guy. Um, you can see it on the pitch like how how relaxed he is. Yeah. So it's, it's
1: the same like uh, off the field he still makes me panic every now and then, I'm not going to lie. I mean, the Red Star Belgrade game the other day when he did that little sort of Cruyff turn type thing, I mean, I was like, whoa. Um, but a an amazing goalkeeper Is towards the end of last season, you know, in, in Istanbul, we were talking about Bayern Munich, made key saves at times where you need your goalkeeper to step up, didn't he? Yeah, I agree. Um, I think at this time
0: he was really, really on point there for the team. I think he struggled a bit during the, the first leg of the season, but then um, he was
1: as a main job of a goalkeeper be there for the team in the right moments yeah and again yesterday in fact that was two late saves and you see the players go straight over to him you know you players do when when goalkeepers make those saves you, the, the, your teammates like really appreciate that fact that you're the last line of defence and you've kept the ball out I think the
2: most impressive thing is as well for you and Eddie is you actually don't have to make that many saves because the team's that good Yes. So the concentration levels, when it's the big saves and big times that do yes. it. And I'll always go back to the Bayern Munich game because it was, I know we ended up winning 3-0. But Ederson made from Leroy, I think Leroy Sally, wasn't it, just before half time, And for me, that was a game winning save.
0: Yes, and this it was one the- and uh, they save before we scored the goal yep. with the
2: counter. Mm-hmm.
1: So these, these are the moments. In the away, and- yes. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, absolutely, yeah.
1: That point that Paul made there, because we do control so many games and therefore teams have less chances. Does that in some ways make it harder for a goalkeeper because you've it's, got to be you're ready at those moments, yeah? Of course, because um, it's like when you get so
0: many shots on your goal. So you can concede the goal, but you have 10 chances after to save different balls. And at least when you just get one ball, it can be the, the worst ball ever, but you have to be there. Yeah, it's so yeah, so difficult for, for the head. You know, like... Um, because no not so many teams press us so high so like like yesterday Eddie had in the first half maybe three or four touches
1: in the second half a bit more this is really heavy for your for your head tell us about manchester then because it sounds like you've settled here you and your family have settled here maybe better than you you anticipated what 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 are those reasons what do we do well in this country that make you know people like you come to work here like it and enjoy it yeah, when when I signed here, a lot of people in Germany said like,
0: "Oh, really? You go to Manchester? Must be so ugly." And like, <laughs> "Wow, yeah, <laughs> yeah." That's why we we were a bit scared before, but um, when we arrived here, um, had a walk through the city. We said like, "It's it's not so bad." Of course, there are some some places, but this you have in every city, not only in England, in Germany as well. Um, but was really a big surprise was is um, how the people are here. They are so friendly. It's like when they they're here. or no, you're not from England. They start to help you straight away. Like oh, you need you need a tip for for a supermarket or for the nursery or for anything else. They just start to speak with you. Also in the supermarket when you um, buy your stuff, the guys they're like oh hey darling or hey sweetheart. It's like when you say this in Germany the people will look to you like what's wrong with you and it's just just normal here and it feels yeah it feels so it's so nice and easy to settle in because the people here
1: are really open and friendly so we have um some questions that we ask all of our guests we ask them the same ones the first one is if there's one thing you could change about football what would it be now, when we first started asking this question, we, we we were talking about the laws and the rules of the game, but actually we've, we've just widened it to anything in football. So, let's ask you, if there's one thing you could change about football, the industry, whatever it is, the game itself, what, what would you change? I would go for, for the VAR. Um, yeah, I would give their,
0: like in tennis, give the coaches each half two, two challenges to check um, the situation because I think the VAR is, is really good and help us a lot but there are too many situations so yeah I, I would go for this it's worked really well in tennis to me uh, the challenge system because then you can you know give the pressure to the managers because they have to decide okay I want to check this or not yeah yeah, because yeah it's a bit too much fight for me at the moment in football
1: what was the last thing that you kind of binged, whether that be you read a book that you loved, or you watched a film or a series on Netflix, or what was the last things that you got into that you just, you know, you, you loved and dived straight into? Uh, my wife and me, we, we love to watch German trash TV. <laughs> so it's
0: like after a, a long day, uh, when the little one is sleeping, uh, we
1: like it to sit on the couch with a glass of wine and watch German trash TV Is that nice to because as a footballer you, you'll you know this it is intense isn't it and you just need some ways to switch off is that, is that just a good way for you guys to, Yeah it's
0: just easy to watch and you yeah
1: you can relax a bit We've got a question from our last guest that was left uh, as well which we're going to ask you to do in a moment we don't tell you who the guest is I'll let you guess who this uh, question came from so the question is what do you like the most about Jack Grealish? <laughs> the most mm.
0: his drinking quality. Yeah. He can hold it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's really incredible. He's all right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <He knows laughs> he knows. No, no, but Jack Jack is a nice guy. I don't understand why some people are so angry with him, especially when we play away. He didn't even touch the ball and the, the guys are booing him. Um because for me, when you know him,
1: he's such a good guy. It's really interesting you bring this up because, again, this is something we were talking about before. You said exactly that, that you know him fairly well and you you think he's a great guy. But there's two elements of his bad treatment. There's the fans, which you've just mentioned, which I never really understand when he goes to away games and, and they pick on him and boo him for some reason. And then there's the treatment he gets from other players. He gets fouled a lot. Now, I know that's a byproduct sometimes of the way he plays the game because he takes players or he draws people in and then knocks it past. But even taking that into account, I think he
2: gets bad shit, what, what, what's, what do you think? I just think there's a, um, I do, I do blame the media for part of it, yeah. you know, cause they've, they've built him up and built him up and built him up and then obviously coming here for the people saying, is he worth it? Is he not worth it? And the scrutiny was, was always, always on him, but as Stefan says, when you get to know him as a per, an actual person, he, he's a top, top lad and he's got he's, a great heart, he? he? has. And, yeah. But that doesn't, that doesn't sell stories, does it? You know? no. The fact that all the stuff he does for charity, the stuff he does for kids, schools, everything about him is just top.
1: And he does all that stuff naturally as well, doesn't he? It's not forced or anything. He's also an outstanding footballer, isn't he? I mean, the performance is the sort of second half of last season. He was amazing, money. Yeah, he helped us a lot. Just with the
0: easy uh, things, just to keep the ball, you know, and give us a bit of time to breathe and just calm down because everyone knows, like, give Jack the ball, he will keep
1: it and... We have a short time to to recover, which is exactly what he was brought on for yesterday, wasn't it? Because obviously he's not been in the team because of, um, of an injury problem. But we needed exactly what you've just described yesterday. We needed just to take the heat out of Nottingham Forest's game because City were down to 10 men. And that's exactly what he did again. And you made that point. When he gets the ball, you just know he's not going to lose it and you're going to get at least 10 seconds or whatever while we, while we regroup. Yeah, love him. What a great player. So finally then, we want you to leave. A question for our next guest. We're not going to tell you who that is, but obviously, someone in in the world of football. What would you ask our next guest?
2: It's a tough one, that.
1: Yeah, this is a tough mm-hmm. one. Who is or was the best best German player in history? Good question. I know. Who I would say we will ask our next guest, and um, we'll we'll find out what they think about that. Stefan, thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, I know you've been uh, training this morning, and you probably want to go and enjoy. Your Sunday, but thank you for being with us and and good luck for the rest of the season. Thank you. Yeah, in Germany it's
0: the Holy Sunday. Everything is closed on the Sunday. Yeah. So you wanna go and relax now, don't you, and chill out? And go in an open restaurant. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. (laughs)
2: Well Enjoy, thank you very much.
1: Cheers. Thank you. Thank you. Started this game really well and they're round the back, and that's a great save by Ortega. Bowen got round the back from a throw and Ortega had to stop him on the near post. The official Manchester City podcast. Paul, really interesting.
2: How do you feel speaking to him, that? Yeah, it's super interesting. And, you know, I think we spoke at the start about the goalkeeper union. it's really good to hear how the, that they're pushing each other. There's obviously a super amount of respect there, but more so how, how shouldn't be surprised at it, because I've lived here since I signed in 95, 96, but how much he has settled in Manchester, how much his, his partner and his kid have settled in here as well. And the, I love hearing that you know cause especially with foreign players coming over a lot of the time they'll have a little moan about the weather in manchester or they're not settling this that and the other thing But as well as embracing everything about manchester city here in the club he's embracing manchester as well I love yeah
1: that. That. that took me back a little bit as well but I, like you it was really nice to hear i didn't ask him and probably should have really but we have an amazing player care department in the city it's kind of an open secret in football that we uh we do that very very well and that all players really have to think about is their performance and getting to training and all that kind of stuff and I'm sure that's helped him but it does seem like him and his family have, have taken to this more than probably they expected.
2: Yeah and then he said it himself and a lot of his friends when he told them they were coming here was I think they quoted ugly yeah. at some point. I wouldn't go quite that far yeah. but that must have been something that was playing in the back of their mind so to hear that they've settled so else well, it's great to hear. Yeah. And interesting to talk to him about his, his
1: style of goalkeeping as well because, and again I didn't want to go too far with, with the praise, but he's unbelievable with ball at his feet isn't he? He's a top, top goalkeeper and ball playing goalkeeper.
2: It is isn't, you know we sort of, in the Premier League in, in England we sort of think that this we spoke about it that the goalkeeper with the ball at his feet started when Pep came here you know, but it was interesting to say that in Germany he was about 14 yeah. when that started, started happening so... Um, he's obviously been, been doing it a long time, hence why he's, he's very, very good at it.
1: He's only a deal for, for, for us, isn't he? Yeah. Um,
2: which is why I'm glad we've got
1: another season. He's, but a, he's
2: a top goalkeeper. Well,
1: yeah, I really enjoyed that. And Paul, thank you for, for stepping in as well. That's all we've got time for on this episode of the official Manchester City podcast. Thank you very much for joining us. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever it is you do your podcast listening. And And until next time, take care and join us again soon.
0: The official Manchester City podcast. Watch the full
2: video version of this show via City Plus and Recast Now. This podcast is produced by VoiceWorks Sport and Manchester City.